When buying certified organic produce, how many people really think of who grew and harvested that organic apple or avocado? When purchasing fair trade chocolate, who considers farm workers' wages on the cocoa plantations? Or even when supporting a local farm, who thinks about whether farm workers have health care or other benefits? Are any of these farm workers exposed to workplace hazards or harassments? Are they able to feed themselves and their families? Are they child laborers? Are they being exploited? These are questions that need to be asked. I'm Logan Haley, and today I'm here to talk to you about food justice within alternative food movements. By alternative food, I mean new movements like the locavore movement, eat local, vegan and vegetarian diets, fair trade labeled products, and the USDA organic program. All of these have developed in response to industrialized farming and consumers realizing that they aren't happy with the environmental and animal and human injustices that are built into our current food system. And so I'm going to look at this through a food justice lens. And for those of you who haven't heard about food justice before, it's a growing grassroots initiative founded on the basic premise that everyone has the right to access healthy food. And this food should be fresh, nutritious, affordable, culturally appropriate, and grown locally with care for the well-being of land, workers, and animals. That definition is from justfood.org. And the key word in that definition that often gets read over is the workers. And that is precisely what I'm going to focus on today. So the problem I want to discuss with you is best put in farm worker justice organizer Gerardo Reyes Chavez's words. The connection between whether and how food is grown sustainably has to include who works in the fields. He calls for those who support sustainable food to recognize the plight of immigrant farm workers on organic and conventional farms alike, and farms with any other labels for that matter. So it's no secret that farm workers, the people who grow and harvest the food we eat every day, are often treated as if they aren't human. There has been some press and uh, film releases about farm worker injustice um, in the recent decade, such as Food Inc., which touches on labor abuses, as well as Food Chains, which was released in 2004, I believe. And those are great movies to see if you want to learn more about what's going on in the industrial system. Um, but really what I want to focus on is what's going on in the alternative food movements. Are they addressing farm worker justice, or are they only focusing on things like animal rights and environmental rights? And so I've done quite a bit of research in this, and um, there's one paper I want to talk about in specific, which is called Social Justice and Sustainable Agriculture, Moving Beyond Theory. And Syracuse University professor Kate Clancy uh, wrote this paper, and it talks about how even though the organic agriculture movement was founded on principles of social responsibility, you know, in addition to environmental responsibility, the modern organic agricultural movement is more focused on consumer and farmer benefits now than they really are on farm worker justice. And this is most evident just in uh, the USDA's National Organic Program Standards, which explicitly uh, do not incorporate social goals or standards in their definition of sustainable agriculture. 
So Kate Clancy says that one of the ongoing debates in the sustainable agriculture community is whether its platform should include social justice issues like farm worker rights, economic concentration, and hunger. And um, based on my research so far, they're really not. And so it, it becomes a problem for me uh, as an aspiring uh, ecological and organic farmer, as well as an organic consumer, that that label doesn't necessarily mean anything in regards to the people who are working on those farms and the people that are growing the food that becomes uh, the food you see in natural grocers or the food in a certified organic product you find anywhere. And a lot of this has to do with the big multinational corporations, big ag. They're infiltrating alternative food movements and learning how to exploit these labels. And that's really because of their enormous political and economic power. They're able to lobby the government to water down the organic standards so that they can fit their industrial systems into that organic mold and basically only swap uh, inputs in a couple practices, but not really move towards a sustainable agricultural system. And sustainable undoubtedly has to include the human aspect. You just you can't ignore humans um, from your definition of sustainability because that's what's going to keep the food on our plates. And it's really kind of insane that the corporations can do this. And that's a whole other podcast for me to talk to you about in and of itself. But I will say that it's not only certified organic that they've done that to. Um, big corporations like Nestle, for example, have even been uh, granted certified fair trade labels. Um, and that's just, that's just a horrible, horrible thing to say for the trustworthiness of those labels. I mean, Nestle is a massive multinational corporation, you know, linked to all the labor injustices and child labor you hear about in the massive cocoa plantations um, and other chocolate producer, producers, etc. And so the fact that Nestle can hold a fair trade label on its coffee or its chocolate is 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 really crazy. And I think it's scary, too, because as a consumer, you don't know what you're supporting anymore. And local food does address this. I mean, by knowing your local farmers, you can know somewhat of where your food is coming from. But even companies like Walmart have exploited the local label, realizing that people want to buy things local. And so they can advertise something as local that's really um, just another industrialized operation that's treating people like slaves. And all of this is really about the way our labor system is built in America. And Americans don't want these jobs, okay? Because they don't pay very much and they leave you in poverty, which is the reality for an estimated 3 million migrant workers in the U.S. today. And this all kind of started uh, with the Bracero program in 1942, which went until 1964. And during that time, the U.S. sponsored almost four and a half million border crossings of government-sanctioned guest workers. And so they established a kind of linked legal, semi-legal, and illegal status for farm workers that could be used to keep wages low, allow for abuses, break any organizing or strike effort, and take advantage of the fear of deportation to maintain control. And that's in the words of Gottlieb and Joshi from that 
book, Food Justice. And really what we need to learn is that we wouldn't have the food system we have without migrant labor. And we need to learn that the people like you and I, if you're listening to this and you're interested in my blog, you're interested in the alternative food, food movements and you're trying to support them and you're trying to support a better food system. But we have to realize that the labels that are there right now just aren't doing it. They're not addressing farm workers' rights. And that is one of the biggest things that's going to have to change to develop truly sustainable systems. So all we can do is really educate ourselves and educate others. And that can start with reading the book I mentioned, Food Justice, by Robert Gottlieb and Anna Puma Joshi. And that encompasses the broader aspects of food justice. And then you can see movies such as Food Inc. and Food Chains, which are newer and address all sorts of different injustices in the agricultural system. And then a new movie, which I'm especially excited to see, is the documentary Dolores, which tells the story of farm worker justice activist and co-founder of the United Farm Workers Union, Dolores Huerta. And her name is often lost behind Cesar Chavez. But learning about these farm worker justice movements and understanding the plight of migrant laborers that are growing the food for one of the best fed countries in the world is so important to moving alternative food movements like organic and fair trade and vegan and vegetarian and all of those things, moving those forward so that they don't only address environmental, so they don't only address health. They need to address the whole system, which includes how the people are being treated in the field. So I encourage you to look at those films and that book, and you can check out farmworkerjustice.org if you want to learn more about the movement, uh, political ways to get involved, and some more information. And I really appreciate you listening to my podcast. I hope to post more of these soon on farmerv.com, and I hope you all have a good one.